Good morning. Welcome, welcome. Um, I feel like we're pushing maybe 20 people in the room, and I feel really encouraged about that. <laughs> so well done, River City. We are slowly working our way towards um, being on time as a community. So go us. You'll probably get another like jewel in your crown or something like that. Um, anyway, my name is Kara, one of these uh, student ministry pastors here. We're glad that you are here with us this morning. Um, we are going to be reading out of Psalm 50. Um, and one of the things that I love as, as I was reading this is like reflecting on one of the things I love about the lectionary um, is that it kind of forces you to read, read the things that don't play to like your emotions and the things that feel good all the time. So it makes you to sit with, it makes you to like have your soul sit with them for a minute, um, and maybe read passages that we are not always inclined as inclined to read. And what's encouraging is that we're told is that the word of God never returns void, and so that there is something for our spirit to be encouraged and affirm and to know about God, um, even when they don't feel as good. Um, and so Psalm 50, 1 through 8, and then a little bit towards the um, 22 and 23 says, The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes. He does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He, call, he calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as is his sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And so God, this morning, that idea of thanksgiving is, is just the word that kept jumping off of the page that you um, we can look around us and see what feels like chaos and disorder and disunity it can feel foggy dark in our personal lives and what is around us being reminded that you are the God who sees and judges being the God that says, I am not shaken. I saw this moment when I sent my son to die on the cross and rise again. I see this moment and I also see what is to come. And so a posture of thanksgiving can rise forth and we can praise you. And what a blessing and a privilege it is to praise you to do it in this room, in this space, in this city, with these people, with this freedom, with this much acceptance. May praise and thanksgiving flow from our lips because you are worthy. 
because you promised to be faithful then, you promised to be faithful now, and you will continue to be faithful and sovereign and just in the most perfect of ways that we could never come up with. And so we cling to the promises that you have made to us, and as as we cling to them, we praise and we move to a space of thanksgiving for what you have done and what you will do. So as we move into our time of praise, may our lips be filled with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. To be taken into the depths with Jesus is to be so awake to those around us. There's no, there's no version of going deep with God that doesn't wake us up to the world around us. And so we, we thank you for your presence, Jesus, that it doesn't have to compete with loving others. That we gather together in this room, and I want you to just open your eyes and look around the room. There are people here with us. We are together. You can see each other's faces. This is important. We are gathered here. This is important. And we are worshiping God together, and we are asking for his presence for us. Not just for you, not just for him, not just for her, for us. Because he knows if he can wake us up, we could see the world the way that he does. To be sent into it is the depths with God. So God, don't let us just stay in this room and want more of this without going out there. Don't let that happen. That's a flaw that we want to be above because we know that you are God. You put yourself within our humanity, nailed to the cross with us for the sake of others. Help us to be that in our world, God. So as we pray together, we're going to do some prayers. We're going to pray for the church together. God, we pray for the church all around the world, gathering around the table, around Jesus, around the death and resurrection of Christ. I pray that you would be alive in the midst of each body meeting, that they would be reminded that you are the good choice, that you are the good shepherd, that you are the way, the truth, and the light, that you are calling all men and women unto you to redeem, to restore, and to make us into your character so that we could be like you in this world. Pray for all of the churches around the world, the ones being persecuted right now, the people hiding in rooms, reading scriptures together, the people sitting in massive buildings, forgetting about scriptures together, the people gathered in homes. Be alive, God. Remind us of why we're here. Help us to not fall into the common sense of our worlds. Help us to fall in line with the kingdom of God so that we can be a people looks like you, Jesus. We pray for our nation and all authorities, God. We pray that they would be exhibiting wise leadership, that they would seek you, God, that we wouldn't fall for the traps the political system has given us, but we would seek a kingdom beyond that. Pray for our leadership in this city, that you would bless them to be wise and to seek your face. Pray that we even hear about people seeking your face, God. We pray for the welfare of the world. And Jesus, we mourn and we should at the brutality that we're seeing happen, at the lives being taken, at people being killed. It's not okay.
help us to cry when we need to cry, as Romans 12 says. And I just want to encourage you, it's okay and right to lament about things that are terrible. We don't have to pretend like everything's awesome in that. It's important that we cry with people who are crying. It's important. We pray for the concerns of our local community, God. There are so many here. We all touch a different thing in our cities. In Smyrna, Marietta, Woodstock, Cartersville, Canton, Hiram, Douglasville. There are people just dying inside that we need to love well. Help us to be involved in these things, God. And the injustices in our cities, help us to partner with the communities that are doing great things. If there are other churches, break any competition between us and other churches so that we can partner to do what you're trying to do and have been trying to do. You've been trying to do this since the beginning. We jump in now. We don't have all the awesome ideas. We listen. We pray. We wait. And God, we ask that, and I'm going to ask if you guys have something you'd like to share for those who are in suffering in body or have something that they would like to share for us to pray about, you can just speak that out for the next 30 seconds. I'm just going to create space. It would be good and right for you to do that because then the body can pray with you. And Bennett at the, yeah. Jesus, we lift up all the things we didn't speak but need you. We ask that we could co-labor with you, that as we pray for these things, if you show us a way to be a part, that we would be obedient, that we wouldn't just pray and, and walk away. We thank you for all of the good gifts you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a different kind of service because, one, we're going to share a little bit about what we just did for a month, and Sarah is going to share about the groups we have, which if you're a group leader, we just want to say thank you for doing this, for being available for our body to gather together because we know it's important for us to be together. But we're going to try and do a couple different things during service. Give me stay up here with you or go down there. Um, so if you are new to River City, um, you may not know that we actually have seasons here. We um, observe the seasons of the uh, Christian calendar. And so not only do we observe the seasons of the Christian calendar, but we try to, in some of those seasons, observe a time of rest. So what we've realized is that churches like to give you programs, 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 and it's perpetuating what we have in our culture. And so I've said this before, but I'm going to tell you guys again. So um, only 23% of American workers use all their vacation time. The average employee gives up half of their vacation. Most Americans work while on vacation. And working long hours actually boosts your, the mortality rate by 20%. Working more than 40 hours a week increases your risk of stroke by 10%. And skipping vacation days can raise chances of heart attack by 30 to 50%. And so overworking is bad for our bodies. It's bad for our souls. And we at the church have not always done a great job of modeling rest. And so one of the things our church has tried to do is set aside seasons where we can be formed into people who observe Sabbath. 
And we feel like that is very important. So we actually got to really do this this summer, which was wonderful. But before we share, I wanted to see if there's anyone in here who had any takeaway from the season of rest. Either you were able to observe it or you realized your need for it or something that would encourage the body. All right, remember, we are people who are continually being formed, right? So every season, we enter into new opportunities, right, for God to form us. So as we transition as a church from a season of rest to a season where we're being more intentional with our calendars about scheduling time to be together, both are important, and we always have new chances, new beginnings, right? So even as we enter into this season of groups, we now have a new chance to be formed by God into people who live in love, create space, practice spiritual formation and community transformation. So, and then when we enter our season of rest again, we can have another chance at resting. So um, we're going to share a little bit about, just real quick, about our time away. You want to just tell everyone what we did you want to sit with me or you want me to stand with you? I feel like we're at a standoff right now. I know. So we went on a, this took us about a year to figure out how to get to the spot, but so we went away for a month as a family and we did not work church related for the entire time. Oh, you're showing pictures. And so that's for many of you, you're like, you're the luckiest people in the world. And we know that we are like, um, because not a lot of people get to do this, but five years into a church plant, um, <clears throat> we started feeling the wear and tear this past year, and we've kind of felt like there was just kind of a heavy blanket settling over us, like it happens when you're doing so much, and I hope there's not like a picture of me and my shirt off and all that kind of stuff in here. <laughs> you whistling at that. Um, okay. So... We went away, we went to Montreal for a week, and then we went to Quebec City for a week, and then we went to the beach for a week. And it was difficult because we took our whole family. It was beautiful because we took our whole family. It was the best trip we've, I feel like we've ever been on. And I want to say first off, thank you for being the kind of church that's created the space for us to do this and not like shame us for trying to do this because we needed it badly as we've learned. And we feel like different humans now. I come back, I feel completely different. It took me a week, and as they say this, if you decide to get away and really step away, it takes about a week to even slow down, and I saw that to be true. Actually, the first week, I found myself being frustrated with my family. Some of the other things outside of work were surfacing, frustrated with Sarah. I never shared that with her because it wouldn't have been appropriate, but I feel like now is a good time. <laughs> But after we got through Montreal, which is a beautiful city, we went to Quebec City, and we were in open space. And for me, we would wake up, have coffee, and for two to three hours, I'd sit on the back porch and pray, read, sing, just what I do. And it was literally like years of, you know when you're cleaning out a paintbrush, and you're like, it's done now. And you're like, it's not done now. It's still, that's what it felt like for me. It felt like, I was like kept getting the spot now it's like this beautiful paintbrush to to work myself into another corner just kidding I would never do that but for me that was what we did and a couple of the things for me I'll just share my whole part and then you, I realized when I was gone I didn't miss our church <laughs> I missed our people 
And that was a massive gift. I, I missed people. I started thinking of, I thought about you a lot. Yeah, well, you too. But Jason Hamill. Like, there's a guy in our service that's just going to talk out loud at times. <laughs> that's just going to happen. I'm, I missed you. I missed, I, missed, I missed what made us us without thinking we have to become this thing. I missed, I missed our wise counsel, our staff. I missed the people, and that's a gift to me. And I also feel like I received a fresh perspective that I wasn't able to have before, and I needed it. I needed it to come back. So um, that would be my big things. I mean, we all had, like, our things that happened there. We did this night bike ride on accident we shouldn't have done because we took our bikes too far away in Montreal, and we couldn't get back on the thing. So we had a 7-year-old going 40 miles an hour in the city, one hour in the dark, and it was the funnest thing I've ever done. She hated it. Nava was terrified. We met a couple in Montreal and ended up going to their house to either be murdered or have dinner. And it turns out it was just dinner, so that was a good time. So, yeah, that was my highs and lows. Um, yeah, so I, I think I've realized a couple things. One is how much we don't often get to just be with our little family, and so that was really, really, really sweet. Um, my children fight so much that having a few moments where they were with each other laughing was just beautiful. I loved that. I loved Quebec. I loved Montreal. I love the French culture. You can see we ate lots of pastries. Um, these are actually friends we have known for 10 years. We took our 10th vacation with them, which I think is uh, helping me realize how important just people to travel with is. Um, we ate, I ate, I was the only one to eat poutine, which is a, um, what, it's I guess the traditional uh, French, not Quebec dish, but it's, so the one I had was French fries with gravy with cheese curds and cow cheek. So lots of, lots of flavor. And I got through, I got through about half. Um, Yay, guys. So, and, it, and this leads to this. What helped me realize what I love about traveling is I love as much as I can to be submerged in the culture. Um, I'm finding more and more that I'm just wired to appreciate different kinds of people and where they're from. And I want to know where they came from and the language they speak and why they're a certain way and taste their food and hear their language. So... I think that was why I really enjoyed these people we connected with because they just invited us to their house and I was so struck by that, that level of hospitality. And it was, these are not followers, these were not Christians, but they were so hospitable. And I thought, man, if only the church, we could meet people at lunch and invite them over our house. Like that would not happen here, right? Like it doesn't happen because we think we're going to be murdered. And... Usually we're not. <laughs> so it was just such a beautiful level of hospitality. We ate a lot of pastries for sure um, and just enjoyed just some really good moments in nature. And we saw these waterfalls and Alethe and I zip lined over like the largest waterfall in North America or something. It was super fun. Um, so yeah, it was great. I'm not going to share that. 
It's going to be good if I don't, I think. Yeah, I'm growing. I'm growing. Okay. Knowing and growing. Yeah, I'll just say this lastly, that we got to go away meant a couple things that I would have never considered up till this point, that we would be away from the church that we feel God has called us to lead would mean that there would have to be people here that could lead the church when we were away. And more than adequately, actually way more than adequately, we've heard that you don't even need to come back. You guys did, which to me is the best compliment I think we could receive about how the people here have led our church collectively, preachers, all the different people who spoke, all the different people who led, all the wise counsel stepping in, all of you guys doing extra. That does not happen, and we are thankful. We know now that God has called us to this kind of ministry for the future because it'll take all of us. And thank you for giving us this opportunity. Thank you so much. We're going to be doing it again in about a month. So, I do want to say one of the things that's when Noah fell into like quicksand of mud, by the way. It was so great and so hilarious. Um, one of the things, um, one of the reasons we were able to go is because this is what we want for you guys. So our counselor always says, sow what you want in your community actually do it. So if you want your people to be people of rest, you rest. And so that quickly got me on board because we think, we thought there's no way we can leave for a month. We are so indispensable. There's no way. And guess what? We can actually save money and take time away and take time off of work. Like, I think we can really do that. I really, really believe it. Our jobs are not the most important thing. Our responsibilities are not the most important thing. Don't hear me say, don't, don't hear me say be irresponsible, because that's not what I'm saying. We are called to steward well. Just sometime, most of the time, we have stepped way beyond stewardship. So please, please take us as an example and figure out a way to observe radical rest. Okay, so I'm just going to bless, be thankful for our rest season as we look back, and we're going to bless our group season. So let's pray. God, we thank you um, for the gift of rest. It is truly a gift. It is something you are continually inviting us into, even as Hebrews 4 says, that we We have eternal rest. And every time we step into the Sabbath, we are stepping into the dimension of that eternal rest. And so let us realize that resting and Sabbath is necessary. It's formational. We thank you for it. And Lord, as we move into our group season during this season of Pentecost, this season where we think about the faithfulness of the church. We ask that you would bless this season as we try to be faithful to each other, to you, and to the calling of your body. Help us to be disciplined. Help us to be committed to each other. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we are going to do a little meet and greet, but it's going to be different today. So if you're like, I have to go to the bathroom, I need my coffee. You cannot leave yet. Lock the doors, ushers. Has there ever been in a church that people say that? And you're really, really terrified? That's happened before. (laughs) You can actually use the bathroom if you need to. Okay. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through our groups, and we're going to do that using the website, which some of you have never seen this, so this is going to be like 
tell you about our groups using our website and a little tutorial. So um, if you'll pull up the first one. Bill. Okay, so this is when you go to River City Smyrna and you click on Connect, under Connect is Groups. Okay, so you would click here to locate a group. All right, and this will come up. We have three kinds of groups. We have life groups, spiritual formation groups, and special interest groups. Really, all of these have a lot in common, except they have maybe slightly different focuses. So life groups really have a focus of sort of being the context where all four parts of our vision really happen. Spiritual formation groups lean more to spiritual formation. And special interest, it's the same. All those things happen, but it usually gathers people around some kind of interest they might have. Okay, so we're going to go through our life groups first. And so as I say the facilitator's name, if you will please stand. And if you will share with us three words or a sentence about either what you want, you, what you are hoping God will do in your group, or just a prayer you have, how we can pray for you. All right. So first is the Sashari group. Did I say it right? I'm, I think that's the first time ever, guys. All right. It was close. Trat. <laughs> Sashari. Anyway, will you guys please stand? <laughs> and so I'm not going to go through the details because it's everywhere. You have brochures, you have a wall, you have online, you have emails. So the information is for you. So we're just going to have each um, group facilitator share, and then at the end we'll pray for them. So you guys go ahead. All right. Uh, Harvey's. <laughs> the other Harvey is pastoring our elementary children and almost having a baby. So, yeah. Okay. Harvey's. Yay! Oh, that makes me so happy. That's so great. Yeah, you want to? Yeah. Well, I'll watch you. <laughs> watch you waddle. Okay, so three things you guys want to see God do in your group. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, Randazzo's. Is the other one here? <laughs> awesome. Thank you. New group right here, Stavnis group. <laughs> Super excited. Thank you, guys. And last but not least, the Zerker group. And the McFarlands are also co-facilitating co that, too. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so moving on, spiritual formation groups. So we have... Our prayer group. This is new. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. All right. Um, our women's morning Bible study is Brittany Dugas. She is out of town, so Nancy is her representative. Yes. 
All right, and then our women's evening Bible study is led by Jessica Christ. She is not here. She had a family issue that she had to return home for. Um, but she is doing The Quest, um, a Beth Moore video study, and that's Wednesday at 7 p.m. All right, lastly, special interest groups. So we've got Alpha that you guys know about that's getting ready for another round. Bill, you want to stand back there? You want to come out here? All right, um, Mom's Group, we actually, um, uh, Brittany Dugas used to do this, and I'm really excited that Rachel Chapman is actually taking over facilitating Mom's Group. She's in the back, fittingly, holding a baby. <laughs> um, so, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. All right, next. Oh. Oh, my gosh, you guys would have killed me after all our conversations. We are not done. New Hope. Will you guys stand up, please? Okay. And so you guys for a minute. So um, one of the things that, so this group sort of transitioned from our originally our um, addiction group, but we want to make sure that, that people understand that it's not just about addiction recovery, that it's way more inclusive than that. So can you guys just um, help them understand that part? Now, all right, so if um, what we're going to encourage you today is to begin praying, is to connect with the facilitators, but I use the uh, Stavnesses. Um, Bricky got cut off. Did you see that? This is the website. I know. I, I, this is the one thing about our website. I could not figure out. It doesn't let you, like, move the picture. It drove me crazy. So if you guys want to change that, I'm like, oh, Brookie, there's <laughs> only the top of her head and half of Eric's. Um, but this is what you would do. You could click on the group, and you would just literally click join this group, and it would send them an email. So if you are um, web savvy, feel free to do this. Um, if you are like, I want to put my name down on a sign-up sheet, that is right here. Or you can see one of the leaders, and you could connect with them personally or you can get their email address, which is on the mailings. So lots of different ways. I think I got everything there, right? Yes. Okay. So if you are a group facilitator, facilitator, if you'll stand back up. All right. We are going to bless these guys and pray for them. So um, if, if you are near them, please move to the people who are closest to you. Let's bless them and pray that God will give them strength, that God will give them um, endless wisdom for the Harveys of baby, she said. <laughs> um, and listen, these, these, let me make a point about these facilitators. These guys aren't perfect. They don't have it together all the time. I love them, but they don't. And so sometimes we see these people and we think, oh, they're getting ready to serve me, which wonderfully they have such hearts of humility and service just by wanting to do this. It's so beautiful. But when you surround them, I want you to also commit to surrounding them with community and encouragement and commit to feast with them, commit to pray with them, encourage them, and don't hold them to expectations they should not be held to. Please do not impose on them your needs for human interaction and all-encompassing friendship. Those are not holy expectations. 
okay? They are here to create and facilitate what God is already doing, and that's holy space, holy presence. They're here to help us tune in, okay? So, and sometimes they just can't even do it, so you might need to do it for them, okay? So let's um, bless them and pray for them. God, we bless every single person here, couple, family they represent, We thank you for the authority they have stepped into to help facilitate space. We thank you for your um, presence with them, their spirit who comes, your spirit who comes alongside of them. Will you uh, pour into them what they need to serve well, to live a healthy rhythm, to love others well, and um, let us travel and journey with them and be committed to each other and to them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so now we're going into meet and greet, and this is what I want you to do. The purpose of this meet and greet is to possibly connect with these facilitators. Say hey to them, meet them, especially if you're not in a group. If you're already in a group and you're not switching, um, please don't go over to the facilitators because they're, they're... they need the space right now to connect with some new people. But, and if you are already established in a group, maybe connect with someone else and invite them to a group or your group, or if you've been here a while, help them navigate groups, but specifically give space to the facilitators. All right, we'll be back here in a minute. Okay, so there's this man. His name is Iggy Ignatius, and he is from India. And he comes to live in America in his 20s. And while he begins to acclimate to this culture. He really misses his home country. And so as he gets older, he thinks, well, one day I'll return to India to retire. So he gets older, he makes his life here, and now retirement age is coming, and he doesn't want to leave his children and grandchildren who live in America. So he has this idea. What if I create a community here that is like my home country of India? So this is what he does. But in the beginning of planning, the market crashes, real estate goes upside down, and he thinks there's no way I'm going to be able to sell these properties. But what's interesting is that even though houses across the street are like half the price, he sells his small two-bedroom houses for full asking price, and they sell out like this. And so people began to say, what is going on here? So we've realized that Iggy has tapped into something. And that is that we want to be with people who are like us. So if you walk into this retirement community, it's supposed to be for everyone. But in a lot of ways, it looks like India. It smells like India. It tastes like India. And there are a lot of people from India who live there who are Eastern Asian. Now, what we're not saying is the point of this story is not that that is wrong. The point is that after people did a little bit of research, and I I heard this story off of NPR, so I'm not making this up, the name of the community is Shanti Nikatan, which I don't know how to say in the appropriate accent. So what is the reason for this? So Jeff Greenberg, a professor of psychology at the University of Arizona, says this, that we have a primal urge that when you raise the specter of death in a person's mind, people will cling to those who are like them. And they will also become negative towards other cultures. 
It is because from the second we enter the world and grow up, death haunts us, and we want to escape it at all costs. Greenberg thinks that this way of clinging to people like us is the odd way we try to fend off death. He figures that people who are not in your group in some primal way make you feel invisible. In order to manage the terror that we are transient creatures, we shoo away the people who make us disappear. Really, we all want to find our people. We want our tribe. This is because it's in our tribe and with the people who are like us that we seem to find an identity. We feel known, we feel seen and understood. There's a visibility we feel like we get. We want to try to get at being significant, but not just significant. When we are with people like us, we feel enduringly significant. But this is not at all what the kingdom beckons us into. This idea is what God came to redeem. The fact that we are all enduringly significant is something that sin and death came to steal. So even though we're made to be enduringly significant, the sin and brokenness of life tells us we're not. So we are constantly trying to escape death by making ourselves visible, making our name in the world, trying to get people to see us, trying to belong. We make ourselves visible by attempting to cling to the people like us and shooing away the people who are not. This is what Jesus turned on its head. This is what the kingdom came to redeem. So there's two lectionary passages that I want to read to you this morning. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a, bracket, different homeland. And next, Luke 12. Oh, there's more? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. We are not made for this country. We are not made for this culture. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Oh, it's so good. And next, Luke. (laughs) Words of Jesus. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Therefore... Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. There's so much there that talks about the good life. So as followers of Christ, what do we cling to by faith? We cling to the fact that we are strangers and exiles on this earth. We don't have to be, oh, you just had it? Oh, my gosh, Bill, you're so great. Okay. We are moving towards, right, the good life of the kingdom. This is not our final place. This is not our only place of significance. We are enduringly significant. 
It is the Father's good pleasure to move us towards the kingdom, to give us the kingdom. And the freedom is that we don't need to hold on to our possessions or things or titles or status or even tribe. We push into the body of Christ, which is a very different kind of tribe because it means precisely being with the people who might not be like you. This is the vision we get in Revelation 7-9. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Now, how do we know that they are from every tribe and every nation? It doesn't say they were one tribe and one nation but they all spoke different languages. So they sounded different and they looked different, but they were unified in their praise for the lamb. This is what we get to step into with Christian community. So this group season, let me encourage you to feel the freedom to choose a group outside of the parameters of those who may be like you, believing And this is what you'll have to really, really appropriate as truth. Your visibility is not dependent upon you being with your own kind. Precisely what might sharpen you into a person of the kingdom is being with someone who doesn't look like you and who may not think like you. Because what other better way to practice the fruit of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and self-control with people who may just rub you the wrong way. So I recognize that I'm not saying, oh, this is not an easy thing to say, but it's something I have felt building forever. Now, granted, um, God might, you might end up in a group of people like you, and that is not wrong. So do not hear this as a a judgment or a sin, if you, condemnation as you think about the current group you're in, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's not what this is for. But I'm just asking you to really tune in to the spirit. And instead of saying, this is what we typically do when we sign up for groups. Who am I like? Who can I fit in with? And that's how we sign up. And I'm challenging you to say, where might the spirit be drawing me to? And so just push pause a little bit on the conversation of how I should join a group. And think a little bit past or transcend how we would normally group together in our culture. That's what I want to encourage you with. Amen? All right, if you could please stand. We are just going to live a few minutes at the end for people who need prayer. We never want to miss that opportunity. Hold on. I just want to say one thing prayer-related. I think... When we have this conversation, I'm always thinking about the people in the room that have already tried this, and they have the reasons why this is not going to work for them. And there is baggage and pain and hurt connected to this conversation, um, and you just don't even want to deal with it. And I would just say, if that's you, one, I would love to pray that God could speak into you here. And I would say, two, if there are deeper issues happening that you don't even want to discuss, we are connected to the right kinds of things that can help you through that. We have professional counselors available. We have people who can meet with you. We have people who can meet and pray with you. If the things that have happened in Christian community are too hard for you to even deal with. Does that make sense?
that would be our goal. And, and lastly, I would say, the only thing I would add to what Sarah said is, each of you come with your own expectations for what you want from a group. And I've noticed a lot of times we kind of want our group to fill all the needs that we never got in life. They, we want them to be our mom and our dad and our brother and our sister and our wife and our husband and our fun and our... And so take your hands back and be ready to let the groups be what they'll be, if that makes sense. And if you are someone who can help pray today, Linda and Ken, if you guys could come up and be available for anyone that needs prayer for this. Are you closing out right now? Okay, and then worship, if you guys want to go ahead and come up. Uh, we're going to do a little closing uh, ministry time. And you want me to close in prayer? Or you want us to do it together? Yeah, and in unison? No. Okay, that would have been great. Um, if you are going to um, talk or you want to chat with a group facilitator as they head out, please feel free to continue those conversations. But let's let this space be a time for people who just want to sit and pray um, or receive prayer. So, Jesus, we thank you for um, the ministries we have here. We thank you for the people here. We thank you for connection. connection. We thank you for the ability to do this. Um, we pray against the kind of uh, the kind of common sense that says we have too much going on outside of here. I'm t already too busy with things. I pray that we would make space for the things that really help form us. Christian community, spiritual friendship, going deeper with you in the word and with others, listening better, being a people that go to a group and listen for a season. Help us to be a people who approach this boldly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys so much. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.